Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This morning we read from Genesis chapter 50 verses 22 to 26. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children of Machir, the children of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Uh, We make choices about burials and funerals for a number of different reasons. Some people choose grandeur, like the pharaohs of Egypt that had to build the tallest and largest pyramids that they could. Others choose that which is most practical and cost-efficient. And then, of course, there was Shah Jahan who decided to build a monument to his love for his wife uh, in the building of the Taj Mahal. There's nothing necessarily wrong with any of these choices. God's word doesn't say, you shall bury your dead in this way or in that manner. We know that all who die, whether they're buried or mummified, or even if their ashes are spread across the ocean, will be raised again on the last day when Jesus comes, despite the manner of their burial. However, we see in our text that Joseph chose to use his death, his burial, as an opportunity to proclaim, to preach, the same faith by which he lived. He died in the same faith he lived, proclaiming to, not, to all people, uh, the Israelites and the Egyptians both, the promise that God would come again to deliver his people. He chose to have his body remain there as a constant reminder to the people of Israel for 400 years of the promise that God had given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The life of Joseph is the life of a man who lived by faith in God. It's one of our favorite Sunday school stories, for children and for adults both, uh, to hear how Joseph, even when he was a slave in Egypt, trusted God, and instead of being depressed by his situation, worked hard, glorified God even in that position as a slave. To hear how even when he was falsely imprisoned, he waited patiently for the Lord to release him. To learn how by faith Joseph became second in command of all of Egypt, and by faith he brought both of his sons to be blessed by his father Jacob. And yet, despite all these things, that all these wonderful, great things that Joseph accomplished by faith in God, When the writer of Hebrews mentions Joseph in chapter 11 among the heroes of faith, 
He doesn't mention any of those things. He doesn't mention his dreams. He doesn't mention his life as a slave. But instead, he points to what we heard in our text today. He points to how, by faith, Joseph, even when he was dying, waited, looking forward to the promise that God would come again. Joseph could have chosen to be buried in grandeur with the pharaohs of Egypt. He could have chosen to, right away at that time, return home and be buried with his father Jacob and his grandfather and his great-grandfather Abraham and Isaac. He could have chosen anything he wanted, but he chose uh, to make his burial a living testimony to the sureness of God's promises and the absolute certainty that God would come again to visit his people and lead him back, lead them back to that promised land. Everything Joseph did, he did by faith. As we talked about last week, he learned to grasp those promises. It took Jacob so long to learn how to grasp God's promises, and it's very evident that Joseph grasped, he understood how to hold on to those promises, not only in life, but also here in death. And in particular, there are three promises of God that Joseph really held dear and helped him throughout his life. Three promises that can be of great benefit to us as well, and the same three promises that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. Faith, hope, and love. By faith, Joseph trusted that God was with him every step of his life no matter what it looked like on the outside. Hope. Joseph knew that God would come again, not only in 400 years to visit his people and save them, but throughout his life as well. He knew that in God's time, God would come and visit him and the rest of God's people. Love. Joseph knew the love that God had for him, and as we talked about in the children's sermon, he allowed that love to fill his life as well. Joseph believed that God was with him. In our text, he tells the Israelites, God will visit you. Those words imply that Joseph knew full well that God was with them and was watching them and was waiting for his own time to come and deliver him. Earlier in his life, Joseph told his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Those words also show that Joseph knew that God was with him and taking care of him. That, you may remember, is the promise that God gave to Jacob, Joseph's father. I will be with you, and I will bring you back to this land. That was the promise that it took Jacob so long to believe and to grasp. But it's quite obvious that Joseph learned to trust that promise even when he was still Quite a young child. This is the quintessential message, the lesson uh, that we learn from the life of Joseph. That God is with us and works all things for good. James reminds us in chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, 
For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. All the things that we hear about Joseph doing, all those things he did through faith, through confidence that God was with him. All the circumstances he endured, he endured by trusting that God was with him. It's a lot easier to be patient and to endure difficulties when you know that you're not alone. That's often what makes difficult times so difficult, is that feeling of loneliness or even the feeling that this is never going to end. There's nothing I can do to change things. But Joseph knew that even if he couldn't change things, God would in his own time. Like Joseph, we have confidence that neither of those things are true. We're not alone, and it will not continue forever. Even if our suffering continues for a long while, eventually the Lord will come and take us to himself. Trust in God's presence. Hope. Joseph was confident that the Lord was coming again. We see that in our text in his absolute belief that God would come and bring, those, bring the Israelites back out of Egypt to Canaan. Joseph even knew how long it would be. 400 years. 400 years is a long time to be confident of anything. We probably can't even be very confident that our nation, our state, our town will remain for 400 years. Yet Joseph was confident in God's promise. Throughout his whole life, Joseph waited for the Lord, didn't he? When he was a slave, he waited for the Lord to come and set him free. When he was in prison, he waited for the Lord to come and release him. He waited for his brothers to come down from Canaan. And when they came, he waited until they had shown repentance and shown that their hearts had changed before he revealed himself to them. His whole life, Joseph was waiting and waiting. And one might think, one might expect that now, at the time of his death, now finally he could stop waiting. But that's not what Joseph did, is it? Instead, he continued to wait on the Lord. And that hope that Paul talks about, that hope that does not disappoint, that hope that isn't an iffy hope, but is a sure and certain hope. He was willing to wait because he knew that God had a plan. And that God's plan was better than anything that he could come up with. Rather than charging ahead and thinking, well, I have to make it better. I have to make it right. I have to avenge the evil that was done to me. Joseph waited for the Lord and for his plan. It's easy to slip into that mindset. that Well, God's not coming. Well, it's been 2,000 years and nothing has changed what makes us sure, what makes us confident that things are going to change, that God is going to come. And yet, Scripture reveals to us over and over again that it's not those who charge ahead, make a plan for themselves, but it's those who wait on the Lord who in the end receive the victory. Love. Joseph believed in God's absolute love for him, and he allowed that love of God to fill his life. So absolute was God's love for Joseph 
that Joseph's love for his brothers and his forgiveness for them was absolute as well. Notice that in our text, Joseph refuses to leave Egypt, even in death, until all of them, his brothers, his brother's children, and their grandchildren, and their descendants could leave together. These are the same brothers who sold him into slavery. And yet Joseph, out of love for them, will not return to the tomb of his fathers, to the land of Canaan, to his home, until God comes to bring them all together out of Egypt. Last week, I was talking to the kids about Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, in which the Lord says to his people, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. We often think of the word everlasting as meaning primarily time, stretching out in time. But there's something more important about that word. It also implies endurance. If something is everlasting, it's something that cannot be broken. So I gave the kids a couple of blocks of wood and asked them if they could break the wood. Now with the right tools and with enough time, I'm sure the kids could find a way to break the wood. But we can never break or destroy God's love for us. Joseph clearly understood this ever-enduring, unbreakable love that God had for him. When he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, he said, how can I do this wickedness and sin against my God? Those words reveal how Joseph understood God's love for him, and he wasn't willing to go against it. Understanding that love for God, as we talked about again in the children's sermon, he allowed that ever-enduring love of God to fill his life. When you read through Genesis, you find that Joseph's brothers did not understand God's love for them. They did not let God's love for them fill their lives. They understood only revenge and anger. They were angry with Joseph, so they sold him into slavery. And another time, a man named Shechem defiled their sister Dinah. And Simeon and Levi responded by slaughtering the entire city because of what one man had done against their sister. Joseph's brothers didn't understand that ever-enduring love of God, and, and so they lived their whole lives in fear that Joseph hadn't really forgiven them. After Jacob died, they were afraid that now Joseph was going to get his revenge on them. Because that's what they understood. Joseph understood God's love. And he learned to share that same love. Living by faith means allowing God's love and God's forgiveness to fill our lives until we learn how to share that same unbreakable love with one another. On the one hand, <clears throat> the life and death of Joseph show us a hero of faith. A man whom none of us could probably live up to. A man whose faith in God was unshakable. However, God would have us see the life of Jacob not as a contest to try and prove that we're better than Joseph or that we have more faith than Joseph. Rather, God would have us see the life of Joseph as a promise. 
as a promise that as God did for Joseph, so he will do for us. As a certainty of the Lord's fulfillment for us, as proof of God's promise. His life is not a challenge set before you, rather it is a gracious promise from God. As I did for Joseph, so I will do for you. As I was always with Joseph, so I am always with you. As I came to visit and save Joseph in my own time, so I will come to visit and save you in my time. As I loved Joseph with an unbreakable love, so have I loved you. The Lord is with you in all things. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.